As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. We have an OG on the podcast today. She is one of the first business podcasts that I know of that I started listening to. Um, Her name is Emily Thompson, and she is the co-founder and host of Being Boss, a resource, podcast, and community for creative entrepreneurs. She's also the founder and CEO of Almanac Supply Co., a retail brand that makes and curates products that help people connect with nature. For over a decade, Emily has worked closely with creatives to help them make money doing the work they love. And in fact, we are big fans of uh, one of the online programs that Emily has, which is called CEO Day Kit. Me and Wendy have been doing it for years and it's really helped our business grow and streamline. Yeah, that reminds me. I'm like, it's time for us to do a CEO Day Kit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because it's something that we regularly do. But yeah, we, we're going to talk to Emily about all things burnout because we have been wanting to make this into a series because it's something that we've been struggling with. We know a lot of you have been struggling with. So we talk about her experience with burnout, what her process has been for preventing burnout and also just kind of like keeping it at bay. And also like what all of this looks like in real life, like how many hours she works per week, how she sets boundaries, which is so, so, so important. Um, So yeah, we're really excited to share this conversation with you. Before we dive in, I want to share a listener review. This is from L3790. I've tried to write you a review literally four or five times, but it never seems to do justice to your show. I really admire the way you use the story of your friendship and shared business to model how we can build a work life that isn't cut off from personal life, but beautifully integrated. Thinking especially of the 10th anniversary episode, but others as well. And you model how to build more gentle relationships with ourselves, other people, food, and our bodies. This is the podcast I want with me for solo drives and rainy days. Appreciate what you do. Oh my God. Uh, First of all, I may have read this one already. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) On a solo episode. Oh. I don't know if I did, but if I did, it's okay because it's so good. Oh my God, it's so sweet. (laughs) It is. This is the first time I'm seeing it. Thank you so much. Wow, that is such a beautiful review. Thank you for taking the time to write that. Please, if you haven't already, leave a review. It takes two seconds. Uh, And then if you want to go back and edit it, you can. Yeah, we read all of them. So make sure you get on that and we're going to hop in. 
we wanted to bring you on to talk about burnout. We recently had an episode on burnout and we were like, okay, we need to just make this a series because it resonated with a lot of people. And also it's something that we've been struggling with, especially during the pandemic. Like our creative juices have dried up. There's been so many times where we're like, F it, like we're gonna go live in a cave or like, I don't even know, start like making earrings or something. So tell us about how burnout has showed up for you like throughout the course of your career and maybe even during the pandemic like if it's showed up in any unique way sure so i will say that little journey of going into a cave and making jewelry is one that i that resonates with me <laughs> very much so i've definitely gone down that line of thought a couple of times in my day it is the thing and and we often do find ourselves just wanting to go make something simple with our hands you know, like just something that is like, I'm going to put in this little bit of effort. I'm going to get this like return, whether it just be a nice pair of earrings that I can wear or that I can sell for a bit of cash. Like it's, there's something about getting back down to that very rudimentary, like I'm just going to make this thing, this like super tangible thing that's in my hand in this moment that doesn't take a lot of effort, but here it is. And I say all that to say that, yes, been there, done that literally used to make jewelry, which is sort of a funny <laughs> other thing. But yes, I've definitely struggled with burnout. A couple of years ago, my podcast co-host Kathleen, my ex-co-host, I call her my ex sometimes. I think it's funny. We hit burnout. We It was 20... Let's see, in 2016... No, 2017, we wrote a book. We wrote the Being Boss book. It was one of the most amazing creative projects I have ever endured because I think you do have to endure creative projects at least a little bit, right? It was amazing. We had such a great time doing it. We'd been doing the the podcast for a couple of years. I sort of put all of our thoughts into this thing, this little, this creative baby that was so beautiful and we loved it so much. And we traditionally published, which was a journey in itself. We were growing the business the side business, this podcast business that we just had initially launched as a passion project while we ran our other companies. She has a branding agency. At the time, I had a web design agency. And and Being Boss was growing so much. We ended up growing a team. We had not planned any of this. Like We just wanted to start a fun passion project podcast on the side while we had our individual companies. And it ended up growing beyond my company was, I think, outpacing hers at that time. It was mind-blowing. And so we had put everything into this creative project, the book. We were just accidentally building this business out of nowhere. And the book came out. We booked toward. I actually ended my um, web design business and was starting my retail business, which I now own and run. And it was a lot it was a lot, a lot. My co-host was also um, struggling with sleep a bit. She has a child who has struggled with sleep his entire life. Um, and so she was struggling with sleeping. I had some things happening in my personal life. And twenty mid-2018 is when we both realized that we were very done. And just with literally everything. Everything. We didn't realize that it was coming until it was there. And we hit burnout really hard. Like just crashed face first into the burnout wall. And both of us at the same time, which was kind of nice, <laughs> there was like some commiserating that we could do together and also talking through it. And it's not like I was holding her up while she, you know, wept in the corner or vice versa or whatever it was. We, we hit this very deep, emotional, energetic burnout that really shaped the next 18 months, 18 to 24 months of our lives and of our career. It was incredibly difficult. And there was, 
is, you know, sort of like all the stages of grief happened. Like we were really angry about it. We were questioning everything. Like what have we done wrong? What lessons can we learn? And why can't we learn them fast enough? And, and let's tear it apart. Or maybe we should actually take this opportunity. And there was FOMO and all of these things. But at the same time, we were just on Zoom crying to each other going like, what have we done? Like we're so done. And it was incredibly hard. And because we're podcasters and, you know, pretty open people, we were relatively open about what was happening more or less while it was happening. Um, There was a bit of a delay. We definitely kind of quote unquote hit it for a while, but mostly we didn't know how to, we were processing and we didn't want to process too out loud. But once we sort of started gathering what was happening, we started being pretty open and vocal about it. Um, And then the journey that happened beyond that. So absolutely dealt with some really big, bad burnout um, that changed the trajectory of both of our careers. It landed us in a place where we made some really big decisions for ourselves. It's really funny as I was coming out of it to sort of hit the last part of, of this particular question, as I was coming out of it, it was fall of 2019. And I have this really sort of weird page in my journal. Has no date. It's between like, I'm an SOS journaler. I only journal when I like absolutely need it. So sometimes there's like, weeks or months missing in my journal. And in one of these very large sort of holes in my journal, there's this undated page that says something to the effect of, I feel like I've just gone through burnout because the whole world is about to burn out and I'm going to be able to help. And a couple months later, 2020 hits and I watch all of my friends lose it. (laughs) All of my friends lose it while I felt better than I had in two and a half years. And so I was able to really, I hold some space for some friends of mine who had a really hard time. And for some who continue to have a really hard time or just now sort of hitting that hard time for themselves because I had just gone through it. Um, and so I was able to weather what was 2020, I think a little more easily than some people because I had already hit, that wasn't my rock bottom. My rock bottom hit about 18 months to 24 months before. um, And I was feeling much better by that point. So it has creeps up sometimes. Kathleen and I have likened it to sort of having a back burner on simmer or like just below simmer. And sometimes if you just like tweak it just a little bit, like if it just gets a little too warm, it's boiling hot. Right. And so I have to be super mindful. And there have been a couple of times over the past two years that it's like, the temperature has turned up a little bit, but because I've been through it and I was super mindful and like really sort of owned the journey throughout it, I can smell it coming. <laughs> and I know the things that I need to do to sort of take the temperature back down. Oh my goodness. I got chills when you talked about that journal entry and how you went through it to help other people. And I feel like when you guys were open about burnout, like it really helped me own my own burnout because I don't really see many people, especially back then talking about it. It's more just like, you know, uh, Instagram caption, like self-care, I take care of myself. I, you know, like just something that's very quick. Nobody's really being vulnerable. Nobody's going deep. And to hear you two kind of workshop your burnout in real time was like therapeutic for me. And also, like I said, helpful just to own it. And that way I can figure out like what I need to do moving forward. Now, I want to talk more about like, what were the signs that you were burnout? So for people who may be like, oh, 
Is it burnout? Like what did you start to experience mentally and physically? I think the biggest one, the first thing that comes up for me is I would get really mad about having to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> Which for me is crazy because I love my work and I've always loved my work. I'm an entrepreneur. I own two businesses. Like this, this feeds me. It energizes me. And I found myself getting really pissed at the idea of sitting down at my computer, like physically uncomfortable, incredibly angry. Um, and I realized something, something's off. Like, why is this making me so mad to like show up and do the thing that I normally love to do? And that was the first thing that really hit it for me is that something is wrong. And anger sort of transformed into listlessness. Like I wouldn't even bother getting out of bed to do it. And again, I, I'm not generally that person. I've, I've dealt with depression a couple of times in my life. I've always had some pretty good tools for handling it, but this was unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. This was like next level. And so it started with like anger then became listlessness and just like a not caring about things that I know I care incredibly deeply about. I care about my community. I care about this podcast that we've built. I care about Almanac, my other company. And I didn't care. I didn't care. And it made me angry, the idea of doing the work. Well, this is an alarming statistic. Did you guys know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year? And each bottle can be made up of more than 90% water. Now, if you're like me and you want to try to do better by the planet, then join us and stop wasting water and throwing out more plastic. Our podcast partner this week, Blue Land, has a revolutionary refill cleaning system that you can use instead. We've actually been using it for a couple months now. I love it because I'm someone who's always running to the store or going online to order more cleaning supplies. And it's amazing to have this refill kit that you can use pretty much forever. Blue Land was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts at home. It's a simple idea. All you have to do is buy the bottle once. And like I said, you can refill it forever with no more plastic waste. From their best-selling cleaning essentials kit to their hand soap duo, Blue Land offers safe, smart options for every inch of your home. I love Blue Land, first of all, because the bottles are so cute. Some might say they're even Instagrammable. And all I got to do is fill the bottle with warm water and then pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaning tablets. And within minutes, I have a really effective cleaning product. And the best part is it smells really, really, really good. My favorite smell is the lavender and eucalyptus. It's just so fresh and crisp and just one of my favorite smells in general those two combinations and you guys can check it out. So right now you get 20% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash food heaven. That's 20% off your first order of any of Blue Land's products at blueland.com slash food heaven. Again, blueland, B-L-U-E-L-A-N-D.com slash food heaven. All right, let's get to it. You mentioned that this lasted a couple years-ish. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, how does that look like work-wise? Like, what did you shift, if anything? Because it sounds like, you know, it was sometimes hard to get out of bed. And I know you also have at least one kid, right? Yes. One, one. yeah. How do you navigate that? And how do you make a living if you're not able to show up? Sure. I mean, it's like a black hole. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I also do. I do. One, I work for myself. 
So I was able to really craft my job in a way that gave me some additional support. And also one of the things that Kathleen and I sort of came to after a couple of months of slogging through it, and there was a lot of like, I can't record today because I can't stop crying or I'm just not feeling it or whatever. Like there was a lot of pushing things around. And again, a lot of grace between us um, and within the team, because we were really honest with our team throughout the entire thing. Like we're kind of not okay right now. Like we're going to, we're going to stay as openly communicative as possible throughout this process. But like, where we need you guys to help us like get through whatever. A couple months into it, we realized that, or we made the call that what would make us feel better was actually if we shut down being boss altogether. Kathleen was very committed to the company that she was building with her sister, the branding agency. And I was building Almanac. And I, I was worried personally because Almanac was not quite in a place yet where I, it would pay my mortgage. And like help me sustain the life that I had built for myself. So we came up with a 12-ish month plan of what it would look like to... We're going to continue podcasting. We're going to sort of start downsizing the team. We're going to start figuring out what it looks like. And again, so burned out that we can't do take any immediate action. Like We're going to take our time to do this thing. So we started winding down being boss. And so that sort of opened up my calendar for some things. And financially... We're great business owners. <laughs> like every business I've ever run, especially being boss with Kathleen, like you look at the fight, like we can take care of ourselves really nicely with what we've built. And so we were afforded a bit of grace and things got really tight. Like I canceled my Netflix subscription and I like, I downsized some things in my life. I definitely took a hit of in terms of my quality of living as we made that transition. Um, it wasn't easy and that added to my anxiety for sure of like, have I peaked? Like, was this it? (laughs) Like I definitely had those conversations with myself and my therapist. So it took a lot of action until it, until the solution started coming up and they did at some point start formulating. And I like, once I started feeling better, I had the energy back, which means I had the ideas back, which means the planning and the action started happening. But it was a long process of slowly downsizing, of releasing a lot of the responsibilities from us so we could start healing. It was a long process that we gave ourselves a lot of grace around. We said no to a lot of things. We dropped a lot of projects. Um, We, you know, stopped a lot of things and we thought we were going to stop being boss. Um, And that's how we were able to afford ourselves the space until the solution started showing up for us. Yeah, yeah. Because when things are so chaotic, I feel like we all get into like that reactionary mode where we're just like, all right, we have to like put out fires. We have to do this. We have to do that. And then when you finally take a pause, it's like not only do you feel refreshed and invigorated, but like you said, the ideas start coming in and yeah, like creativity just sparks. So that's great that that you were able to tap back into that. And I think like setting boundaries is so important throughout that process too, because um, especially with people, because it, it can be so hard to say no to opportunities to like, even you coming on this podcast, like I could imagine if that would have happened during, you know, this phase in your life, it would have been like, okay, absolutely not. <laughs> this is not a good idea. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially like new entrepreneurs where you feel like you have to say yes to everything thing and you can't let opportunities pass by and that can backfire really quickly if you're on the road to burnout. So what are some things that have been helpful with like reinforcing those boundaries 
post burnout, now that you're looking back and being like, yeah, you know, if this comes up again, this is how I would handle it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just been a long practice, right? And and again, it's the basics. Like being boss, our content has a couple of pillars, mindset, boundaries, habits, and routines being the big ones. And so it's just been always going back to those. Boundaries, I think, is the biggest one for dealing with burnout. And you have to get real tight with your boundaries. And then you have to deal with people being disappointed or like or whatever it may be. But you also have to not care. You have to care about yourself more than you care about anyone's opinion of you know how it is that you're managing your time to heal yourself. And so for me, it was a really long practice. And also, again, sort of having built an environment that is literally built on the idea of boundaries. Like I'm very lucky in that my team understands boundaries. They listen to the podcast every day too, or every week as well. Um, having a partner with whom I had been having conversations about boundaries. Kathleen is a boss with boundaries. So even like she even modeled sometimes, like I'd be like, okay, but here's a school opportunity. She'd be like, no. I'm like, okay, well then I guess it's a no because I might have said yes to it, but Kathleen is surely saying no. And otherwise just, just really prioritizing myself and thinking about what it is that I need. You also, you mentioned me having a kid and I do have a child. Um, and that was a whole thing too. We have homeschooled forever, I feel like. Um, and so modeling that next level for her too was my priority. And for her, was a priority because between, you know, work and life, I'm going to choose life when it comes to my kid. And so it was a choice of, am I going to take this one interview today? Right. And then maybe not be able to function tonight. Or am I going to say no to this interview today and have dinner with my kid this evening? Right. And so sometimes, and especially in burnout, the decisions are kind of that simple, right? Like you can only have one thing which one are you going to choose? So I think in that too, is just really knowing what your priorities are, which is another thing that we preach consistently. Um, What is important to you? What do you value above everything else? And making sure that you are putting your money where your mouth is. If you value family time, then say no to all the other things and just engage in the thing that gives you energy so that tomorrow, maybe you can diversify what you're doing a little bit. It's not just one thing, but maybe it's one and a half things or whatever it may be. Um, It all snowballs one way or the other. Either it's going to be a negative feedback loop or a positive feedback loop. And literally a single decision can send you one way or the other. Yeah, I love that. So simple. It's like taking on this opportunity is going to mean saying no to another. So Mm -hmm. which one do I want to say no to now? One thing that I wanted to kind of talk about that I was curious about was, so you and Kathleen started your podcast together Uh in 2015. And then you guys both decided that you were going to kind of wind it down. And then now you are the only host of Being Boss. Um, I know you talked about this on the podcast, but for our listeners who haven't listened, can you share like how you, how you guys came to that conclusion and you decided that you wanted to continue on and Kathleen decided that she wanted to focus more on um, her other business, Brave Creative? For sure, for sure. Yeah, that was that was one of those like annoyingly simple things that took us far too long to figure out, but like we just had to get there, you know? So whenever we decided that we were going to shut down being boss, it was more of a thing of like, okay, well, if you decide this, I decide this, obviously this is happening. Like we sort of have to have the same outcome. And we went down that path for probably 
nine months of like, okay, like the end is coming. And I kept getting more and more annoyed. Like I was getting more and more angry every time I would go to my computer to figure out like, okay, what are the things that I need to go do at Almanac to replace this revenue? I also just sort of supplement until Almanac grew to a place where it could, it could do what I needed it to do. I was planning on um, sort of relaunch, like launching a personal brand as a business coach. And I guess I was going to have to have a podcast and I'd probably have to build some sort of newsletter, but don't I already have that? And why am I having to rebuild it? And it was making me incredibly angry sitting down and strategizing and, you know, sort of creating this, this next step for myself. And it was actually the day after my first therapy session. And again, I think it was just one of those things where I needed to show up for myself I needed to prioritize this thing. I needed to just like open the door just a little bit to something else. The day after my first therapy session, it I remember so vividly, I was sitting in my backyard at our patio table crying. <laughs> it was, and it was a beautiful day outside, um, I, but I was crying and I, um, David was sitting across from me. He wasn't saying anything because I was crying. And I was like, oh my God, I just had the craziest idea what if I buy Kathleen out? And it was just like one of those like big magic moments. And again, like the simplest solution, it doesn't have to be both of us that quits. If she's done, she can be done. If I'm not, I don't have to be, but we had just never considered that as an option. And so I immediately like felt myself sort of wake up and like all these cogs started turning of like, here's what it can look like. And I started visioning, like I could see what this thing would become. And I almost immediately, like it was probably two days, two days later, I had my first meeting with Kathleen since I had had the idea and immediately was like, okay, I got something to tell you. And she was like, I knew it (laughs) because we're basic, we're psychic with each other, very legit. And I knew if I, if I held it, if I didn't say anything to her, she would know. And sure enough, she knew something was coming. And I told her and she immediately was like, that's a great idea. Why didn't we think of that before? (laughs) Because it was a solution to her problem, which is she wanted to just have one job. Basically, it was a solution to my problem of I was so in love with this thing that we had built that I was going to go do it somewhere else. Why not just keep the thing that we had built together? And we started working it out from there. So it was... It was this really sort of magical moment where things sort of came together. And again, I have this like page in my journal that I think I wrote the day that I had the idea um, that I wanted to do this, where I sort of set these intentions for how I wanted it to be. I wanted us both to feel really great about it. I wanted us to end it like better friends than we had started out. I wanted to... um, I wanted to show up for the community and the audience that we had built and leave them without necessarily feeling like something was missing, though, like accepting that there was a Kathleen sized hole that was going to be there, but that I would reinvent it. And it has all sort of come to pass exactly the way I wanted it to. But it was really just about, I think that there was something magical that happened with me prioritizing myself and my own mental health of taking that step of getting a therapist, which for me was a step outside of the box that I was used to. And just continuing to show up and having developed the kind of relationship with my business partner that allowed that conversation, which could have been the most difficult conversation of my life, be one of the easiest I've ever had. Uh, 
That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Because, <laughs> yeah, with like business stuff, it can get so messy. And like, I just love that you all put the relationship first, it sounds like, yes. and that you put like so much love and compassion and respect into what you both have built and like your friendship, you know? And I feel like when you do that, good things happen um, because I've just seen things go left so many times with, you know, friends becoming business partners and, and you all have been in the game for so long. It's like things start popping off like a few months in with some of these <laughs> partnerships. Yeah, and I'm just like, sure. oh my God, you know, you, you all like hit a crossroads and you handled that so gracefully. Yeah. I mean, every conversation that we had, because we, it probably took us, four or five months to go from, Hey, I have this idea. I knew it (laughs) to signed papers of, you know, our first, and actually that was like, um, dissolving number one. We actually did a partial buyout to begin with. And then it ended up being a full buyout right at a year after that initial conversation. And so it took us a couple of months to really figure out what it would be. And the partial buyout was, I, I actually can't even remember the terms. I think it was like a like a 3070 situation or something around there. And so there was like some terms we had to think about and things like, you know, whenever we make revenue on this thing, where's the revenue going? Whenever we, um, if I create something new, who gets revenue for that? Like those sorts of things. And so many of those conversations started with, or definitely somewhere in between. And actually every conversation either started with, or had one of these things in between was we're friends first. And I just want the best for you, like both ways. And whenever you go at those sort of big conversations like that, and like you truly mean it, (laughs) you truly, truly mean it. And not, I want the best for myself, but I want the best for you. And if I want the best for you and you also want the best for me, then what comes out of this is going to be the best for both of us. And so um, we were just really open and like really saying those words out loud Every single time we got together to hash out sort of the next step of this of this breakup, um, it was the most conscious and coupling I think mankind has ever uh, has ever known. And we remain really great friends. We recorded an episode of the Being Boss podcast yesterday, um, and I mean it's just like old times, but easier even because yeah. we're just friends, not business partners. Yeah, yeah, and you're at a better place too. In wrapping, I would love to talk about post burnout mindset, which you've spoken about before. And also just like out of curiosity, what your workflow looks like now, like how many hours do you work in a day or in a week? And, you know, like kind of more like technical things like that, that I think will be helpful for us. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I will say during burnout, I think I had gone down to like, I was working like 10 hours a week. (laughs) It was, yeah. it was and like literally just what I had to come in to do to keep the train running or whatever. Um, Almost immediately, like once I, once I got my fire back, I like, I was back in it. I was pretty back in it and had some things that I wanted to do. We, we launched the being boss community really quickly after I started the buyout. There was a Being Boss conference that got COVIDed <laughs> that, that we ended up having to take online. Um, and then we were just in 2020 and I had nothing more to do than work, basically. So I've had to stay though very mindful because really, I think once you have burnout, I mean, it's like a, it's like a bad STD, right? Like it's always just kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> You can have flare-ups, I guess. 
<laughs> That's an awful metaphor. Awful metaphor. But kind of. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Right. And that you do sort of, you have to stay super mindful because burnout will just creep right back in. During like regular times, I'm probably working 30 to 35 hours a week. And that is split between two companies. Um, I have really great teams. I have still have really great boundaries around what I'm doing and not doing. But I also know how to hustle. Coming out of a season of hustle, we opened up the first Almanac Supply Co. retail store this summer. Mm. And once that opportunity came up, I, you know, I told everyone, like, y'all, I'm about to like put post-burnout Emily to the test. Like, can I turn up the heat without boiling over? basically. And so it was a very mindful hustle and almost like a test for myself of, can I, can I hustle so responsibly that I get this done without sending myself over the edge? And I did it. Um, and there have been weeks over the past. So I gave it definite boundaries. We started doing all the prep work in mid-June. We moved in 1st of July, opened the store on July 9th um, and have had this open since then. And obviously also doing things and growing, being boss as well. And I gave myself a hard stop for hustle mode mid-October. Um, Dave and I even booked a trip to a cabin. Um, and so during that four-ish month window, let's see, June, July, August, September, four-month window, I was working 40, 55 hours a week, which is, it's not how, it's, that's, I don't like that. Not my favorite, but I knew what I was doing. I knew I was doing it for something and I knew I was doing it for a very particular bit of time. Like, and again, boundaries, like even giving, giving the hustle a beginning and end date of knowing that I'm going to be working especially hard within the constraints of this time frame, Um, and being very mindful within that of like, I was saying no to a lot of podcast interviews. I was saying no to a, my friends told me in June, like, I'll see you in a couple of months. And I'm like, yeah, catch you later. Like you can, you know, see like Thanksgiving or whatever it may be. Like I, I definitely, I went into a pretty serious hustle phase and I survived it nicely. And now that I'm on this side of it, new rules, right? I told the team, I actually just finished my first holiday or like my Thanksgiving weekend with a retail store. And I haven't worked more than 40 hours a week since mid-October. I've put myself back in this other box and I did not let my hustle spill over because the, the thing that makes burnout happen is that you overuse your energy without giving yourself time and space to refuel, right? Like you do not have an indefinite amount of energy at your disposal. And if you are hustling constantly without giving yourself time to rest, or if you're even just like work max, you know, like a responsible max capacity without sometimes gearing it down, you're going to get to a place where you've just overused your energy and that is burnout. And that sort of cycle of work and rest is really the lesson that I learned from burnout. And it's the thing that I've taken into how I, even how I plan my year is like, I'll have these seasons of hustle because we're launching this thing and doing this thing. And then I'm going to peace out for like four weeks, y'all. And like, I'll be an email or I'll show up for team meetings. But if you want me here 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week to make this thing do, I'm going to peace out for a minute afterwards because I have to refuel. And it is that like 
sort of hustle culture, the gross one that has you hustling 24 seven forever. That is why we're kind of all burned out. Then add a pandemic on top of that, where you are just like mentally hustling to survive. (laughs) Right. And so, so anyway, all that to say these days, I'm not working more than 40 hours. I am running a retail store while doing this. And I still have being boss in the community and all the things that we're doing there. Um, I am taking a good break at the end of December. I'm closing the shop January and February because I'm prioritizing myself. And I know that I need a hardcore period of rest in order to get up and do it all again. So it's been a fun process of making and breaking my own rules of redefining literally every season of my life and work. Um, of looking at every moment differently because every moment does need me to show up in a different way. And it is, it is really that, that I think I learned most from burnout and now being on the other side of what really was my first, like my first big, like hustle test since burnout and being on the other side of it. And I'm fine. Like I'm, I actually feel great. I'm ready for that end of December rest a hundred percent, but that's what it looks like for me these days hardcore boundaries. I show up for my own boundaries. Other people will only respect your boundaries as far as you do. Right. Mm. I show up within the constraints of my boundary as I check in with myself constantly to make sure that I'm doing okay, because I do want to be here for the long haul. I'm going to be an entrepreneur for the rest of my life, whether I like it or not, I'm sure. Um, and it requires me to um, manage myself incredibly responsibly. I have a quick follow-up. Yeah. What does rest look like for you? Because I remember on the podcast, you talking about, this was years ago, I think pre-burnout, but you and your husband, like one day a month, just not getting dressed and watching Netflix all day. Like, is that what rest looks like? Or is there like an active rest that you incorporate? There's definitely layers of rest. Mandatory lazy day is what you're talking about. It's just like not getting up and doing. I do those off. Well, there are seasons where I don't need them at all. Um, sometimes I do need them. It's funny. We're actually doing an entire being boss community wide mandatory lazy day, December 28th. I encourage you both to join. Just tap out that day. Don't get out of your PJs because I do think it is really important to have like just those real hardcore ones. Whenever we did our cabin trip at the end of our like four months of hustle this summer, I literally just laid in a sleeping bag on a lounge chair for three days. <laughs> that was, <laughs> it was great. I felt my entire body fully relax multiple times in a way that I know was deeply healing, which was wonderful. So whenever I can, whenever I need to, I will do that. But that's not always necessary. Um, there is a lot of there is a lot of active rest, as you called it. I currently have like a little cross stitch project that I'm working on. So I sit on the couch and I'm cross stitching a lot. And that for me, it doesn't require a lot of brain space, right? To do that, I'm not like critically thinking about anything. I am able to be physically still. Um, for me, rest also looks like light hikes. I mean, I'll also do like a hardcore hike, but that's not rest. Um, But being in the woods for me is how I know my brain switches from like work mode to chill mode. Um, There are a lot of things that I do intermittently. I will also say for my like season of hustle, working five, six days a week, I will always have one off day. I'm not one of those people who can work every single day. And if I'm in a season of hustle, my off day is like 
I'm just going to read in bed all day because I need that very hardcore rest, right? In order to get up and work 50 hours the next week or whatever it may be. And that will be a cycle that I will do pretty, I did that basically all summer long. Um, not my shining moment <laughs> for, in terms of what my house looks like necessarily. Um, or, you know, having, I haven't did meal plan every racing week or whatever, but priorities, right? I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was sacrificing. I knew what the rewards needed to be. Um, I got them, had an end point, but, um, but rest looks like different things depending on the season that I'm in, but throwing in a mandatory lazy day every now and then, whether you need it or not is always a good thing. Love that. So good. I will be incorporating all of this into my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. I do actually want to add one thing about this rest thing because this is really big. Rest is not something that is normally okay for most people. And there's a lot of like judgment and shame, whether it's from yourself or others, whatever it may be. I think one of the missing elements to most people's rest, because you may say like, oh, I'm like, I'm Netflixing and chilling or whatever it is that you're doing as, but are you doing it without guilt? Mm, Yeah. Are you owning your rest? Because I think if you're resting, but you feel guilty about it or someone is shaming you for it or whatever it is, it's not actually rest. You Mm -hmm. have to own your rest for the rest to actually benefit you to continue forward. Yeah. And for you to actually enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I love a good rest day. Same. Me too. No guilt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you there. Well, Emily, tell us like where people can find you, your socials, your website, your store, like tell us all the plugs. Right. All the places. So if you want to listen to the Being Boss podcast, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find our website, our community, the things that we've created at Being Boss Club. And as for my retail store, we make candles, sell crystals and other seasonal goods and things that'll help you connect with nature. You can find all of that at almanacsupplyco.com or almanacsupplyco on Instagram. Amazing. Yay. Thank thank you you. so much, Emily. This was awesome. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. 